This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hello everyone, it's your favourite podcast host here, Joe Redman, just letting you know that the TalkSport Fan Network is now proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Football on the Sports Social Podcast Network is brought to you by BetVictor, where new signings are guaranteed a great debut. Join and choose your welcome offer at betvictor.com. 18 plus, begambleaware.org. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that you can stay close to your team even if you don't live in their town. Like, maybe you're a Raven who married a Seahawk who got a job in the land of the Falcons. With NFL Sunday Ticket, you can watch your team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games no matter where you live because you shouldn't have to change teams even if you change towns. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. We're going to build a train so big, it can't be stopped. From the executive producers of Power. We got enemies eyeing us, cops clocking us. Comes the new season of Power Book 4, Force. Tommy Egan is the linchpin to bring down all of these gangs. Egan's too dangerous to be left alive. Power Book 4, Force. Game over. Premieres Friday, September 1st, only on Stars and the Stars app. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time of day it is that you're listening or watching uh, this latest episode of Turfcast Podcast with myself, Joe Redmond, and as usual, Simon Townley, who it's not even news anymore. Everyone knows he's home and he's well. Well, he's better, um, but he's back better. home anyway. <laughs> How are you doing, mate, anyway? Good, thanks, mate. All the better. Another another sort of like good result to, to cheer on and uh, obviously a bit... Bit disappointed with the reaction of other teams, unfortunately, European last dramas. But it's uh, yeah, I'm all good, mate. It's nice to uh, have one defeat in 14. I can't think I've ever said that before in the Premier League, especially. No, um, yeah, it is a bit of a shame. It's still the same people that are sort of like uh, saying that they didn't want us to get into Europe, but we've discussed that about four or five times on the podcast, so we won't go back into that one Wild again. Bill. Everyone, Wild everyone Bill. knows how me and Simon feel about it, but we won't go into it apart from Simon just throwing oh, his, his opinion on it there. Go on. I'm glad. I'm happy. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, but thank God we didn't get it. Thank God. Like, it's some sort of like relegation battle. I know. No. It's uh, yeah, it's a bizarre one, isn't it? I mean, I can understand the the reactions I'm seeing is as are as if we've just survived on the last day. It's I just don't get it myself either. I just don't understand it. But um, like I said, we've we've discussed it anyway. Let's talk about the Norwich game then, because that was the game just gone. Uh, Norwich nil, Burnley two. Go. Uh, again, I said before the game it'll be a difficult one. I don't think having now made it necessarily easier in an attacking sense. It just made it. Less of a threat to lose. Um, do you know what I'm saying? If that makes any sense I, I, to anybody yeah, listening, but... I, I understand. I think for the majority of Premier League sides, that wouldn't have been the case. It would have been better in an attacking sense. Even though I understand what you're saying because they just sat behind the ball. So I get that part mm. of it. That's what obviously what you mean. They just sat behind the ball uh, and the ball, ball, and they oh, ne- they never the intended <laughs> to attack as soon as they went down to nine men. Um, but your Leicester's, I know they're in good sides. That's a different example. But even your Villas. Um, I think would have had a lot of joy against a nine-man Norwich side more than what we can get against because we're built 
to attack via set pieces and free kicks, and that doesn't matter whether there's nine men on the pitch or eleven men. So I understand your point, but I think I think the majority of Premier League sides would have had more joy against them. Yeah, absolutely. I, I just think Norwich would have had nine men behind the ball majority of the game, yeah. regardless of, of, of having to send it off. So it didn't make much of a difference from us in attacking sense. Uh, good to get the goal, Chris Wood again. It's good to see him. Uh, sorry, getting one goal there. Uh, good to see him sort of get a goal. Whether it come off his shin, I suppose it kind of ruined the uh, romance of the finish. But uh, yeah, our our buzzing for him. Um, and then I don't know really. The game kind of just fizzled out for me. It, it, the emotion of it had gone. The uh, once or two sending off on the goal that were kind of the game over. Really, it weren't even entertaining after that. Um, but no, I'm, I'm buzzing, mate. It's another good. It's another good three points on the road, which is even more important, really. It's uh, keeping that away form going. I remember the early seasons of the Premier League, and we didn't get one win until I think the final away day of the season. Uh, so I'm not sure if it was a final away day season. I'm still referring to that four-one win at Hull. If I remember rightly, it was in yeah. like March or April. But yeah, it took a long, long time. It definitely took a yeah. long, long time. So I mean, but yeah, to get if we can get one more point, what a season that is! Just one more point. Let's break that record of. Premier League points uh, and to do that with such a minimal squad in lockdown the, the circumstances of lockdown and I mean who knows lockdown seems to have done us a favour it seems to have helped us momentum because the games are so close together momentum's in its favour it's, it's been incredible for us yeah, I, I agree with that. Obviously, the, the, we're in decent form before lockdown as well but obviously since then and I, I think it's uh, in a weird way, we'll carry on chatting about the Norwich game, but I'll just in a minute, I just think in a weird way, I think all the injuries and stuff has, has kind of helped us because it's brought Brownell in, which has done well. Now, obviously, the injuries to Lawton, um, who else is it as well? Ben Mee uh, and things like that, uh, and Barnes, they haven't helped Taylor. us in Taylor as well. Yeah, of course, Taylor is one of the, one of the best players. Haven't helped us in, in a quality sense, but I just think it helps create this sort of like, right, we need to battle and get back to basics now. And that's what we're best at. When we play back, when, when we do a back to basics game, where uh, this is why people criticise us, that's when we're at our best. If we try and play open, expansive football, that's when, we, that's when we're not at our best. So I think, I think it just helps the game plan because we go back to basics and that's what we do. I think it's helped us with force the rotation that you would need in these scenarios. And that rotation would never have happened should these players not have got injured. But I think your bigger clubs would have rotated for the amount of games that we played in a row. But obviously, Dash would never have done that without injuries. No, no, I agree with that. Um, also in the game, there were the two red cards as well. Like you said, you've, you've made reference to them already. You've said that Norwich are down to now men. But what I was surprised about these two red cards is, well, first of all, my opinion was they were both red cards. Your opinion is... One was a hundred no doubt in, in in the world. Second one was a bought red card for me. See, I can't get that at all. No way in hell is that bought. Yeah, I presume you're talking about the Westy one. Yeah, he's professional. Yeah, but it's still a red all day long. It's still a red all day long. He's put his elbow there thinking, you throw your head up at me, I'm going to elbow you. And Westy's gone up and just thrown his elbow into. Well, he's not necessarily thrown his head into the elbow. That's the wrong way of saying it. But as soon as his head has touched the elbow, he knows what's happening. Yeah, cool. uh, yeah he knows what's happening back. because he he knows that if he doesn't if he doesn't do it, then it probably won't be a red. Um, but the exactly. fact that the no, it's still a red though, it's still a hundred percent a red because of the way that the guy has his arm there, I think we discussed it on the watch along, but we'll do it again. Has his arm there, look at my scar there everybody, that's from when I fell over once. Has his arm there, looks at Wester, then does that. That is hundred yeah. percent because it, it's intense. There's a, there's a massive intention there, intense, absolutely. Intent but... and a red. But it's interesting how I see four angles of it. I think there was on the on the replay, and three of them I were like, "Oh, I don't know, I don't know." And then that one angle, and I mentioned it in the watch along. That one angle just says, "Yeah, no, God, it's a red card." And if you only ever see it from that angle, it's a hundred percent a red card. Um, and it's it's good because in Burnley's favour for once, VAR is going to actually just look at this angle when we've seen it before on on, on replays where they show you certain angles and you think, "Oh, I don't know, I don't know." But they never even showed in that angle. They just said, "Listen, just just look at this yeah. one." And then I think, that, I think that the reason amazing. why they did that is because um, if it's a hundred percent a red card from one angle, it doesn't matter what it looks like from any of the other angles. It's still a hundred percent a red card. And then because on that angle that you're referring to, I presume it's the one where he has his arm. He then turns to look at him, then puts his arm into his head. Therefore, that's a hundred percent red card all day long, as we've said. I'm intrigued. 100% red card all day long. Why have VAR just said it's a red card, mate? He's elbowing it back at head. Why have the referee suddenly 
in the last two games started going to the VAR. That would, I'm not sure on that point. You'll have to ask the actual referee in the VAR. But my guess is that the fact that the referees know that they've been told to use the screen more often and therefore yeah, they're trying maybe, to get used maybe. to it now in the latter stage of this season so they can do it more next season. Because they've come into a lot of criticism for not using that screen. And then there's the second red card as well. I can't remember the lad who got sent off, but he's lunging in over the ball, off the ground, 100% red again for me. 100%. It's just a... The aggression, the sort of like frustration behind it, the uh, he knows he's lost control and he's thinking it's just that tip of fuck off in it. You're not having it, <laughs> and then he's just gone into it. And I think you got to feel sorry for sort of like the Norwich manager there. I've got his name, but he's uh, you fucking idiot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that frustration and the thing, and then your manager's got to sit there and look at all this happening, and, and you just think, why do I fucking bother? They can't even keep the reds down. No, I think it's one of them where they've given up. They're already down. Uh, the yeah. players, some players at the end of the season, that show fighting spirit and do really well. Look at us that that year. We got relegated in 2010 when we beat Tottenham up final day of the season and things like that. Um, but obviously, these ones have given up in the sense in a different way. They don't want to. They don't want to show fighting spirit. They just want to give up and and get on holiday. Bit looking yeah, at it. So yeah, yeah. Right. and that's why I feel sorry for manager because if you can, if you, players can't be out, I said, what can you do? The two lads that got sent off, they're not they're not going to play a final game at season now. They obviously didn't want to play. It. Yeah, true. Holiday's gone, and it's sort of <laughs> yeah. all the flats. Might get an extra week now because of the season being um, how it's been. Um, but yeah, overall as well, there was the own goal as well. What did you make of that? I've just watched it back myself, obviously doing a the, the little bit of research that I do before a podcast. Literally watch a three-minute YouTube video. But I, I think it, it, it's terrible. It's tired, weren't it? Yeah, it's terrible. But you can see what he's trying to do. He's trying to just do a, a nice, easy pass back to Cruel. But cruelly for him, he's kicked it into the back of the net. I saw it coming. <laughs> I could hear it coming. You see my and face I was still getting mortified. excited. That's what I usually dive in on them, and now I know how you feel. But uh, yeah, no, it were it were cruel for the result of it. But he has just tried to get, give it back. I think it's just a tired sort of stick a leg out uh, and let it hit him rather than a control. Yeah, but that's it for um, obviously the Norwich game. We've still got to chat about the Brighton game. I'll just quickly have a look at the uh, league table because we are now in ninth uh, thanks to the results this weekend. Because Villa, who now looks like they're staying up miraculously. Um, Beats. I just can't see him losing against whoever they've got to play on final day. I can't remember who it is now. West Ham, we've got nothing to play for. Um, but we're in ninth position now. Arsenal tenth. Arsenal on fifty-three points. We're on fifty-four. Sheffield United on on uh, fifty-four in eighth. Tottenham on fifty-eight. So we can only finish eighth. I say only. That's obviously brilliant. Uh, but I'm saying I know, even, even with a win to at get the weekend, most points and only finish eighth. Yeah. Even with a win at the weekend, um, that the highest we can finish is eighth. But it's still, like you said earlier, it's still a fantastic season. Even if we only get a point, even if we get beat, man, you know, we've joined yeah, to equal, uh, the, the yeah. points record. You know what I mean? And yeah, it is a shame that that we didn't finish seventh uh, for me and you, and for the um, non-negative. I won't say normal. The non-negative. I don't want to alienate an entire section of um, of the Clarets fan base. Um, but yeah, I think. I think um, that when you look back to the season seven, is um, a lot a lot of teams didn't perform that season. Like we did really well, but a lot of teams didn't perform that season. We finished above Leicester. We finished above Everton. Uh, we finished above teams that uh, we shouldn't necessarily have finished above. Just like we have done a little bit this season in Everton again and Arsenal. Um, uh, yeah, Everton, Arsenal, Spurs yeah. aren't better, barely there. No, if we win on the final of this season and Spurs lose, we'll finish one point behind them. Yeah. So there yeah, you but go. I'm saying they're barely there, is what I mean. Yeah, but. Um, but yeah, it, it is a shame. But you know, it's a, another season that we can look back on with great positives, especially after last season, um, and, and sort of like the uh, the position that we finished weren't too bad in the end. But a lot of the negativity surrounding it, and a lot of looking over his shoulder and stuff, especially the first half of the season. So it's good to improve again and, and push on, and hopefully we can do that again next season. But I'm sure you'll obviously echo them sentiments of it being a class season. Oh, massively. I mean, if we can if we can start adding to the depth of the squad as well, that would be even more important because. We say, oh, you know, you're, we're not, we haven't got the squad for it, we haven't got the depth for it, etc. That's all well and good, mate. But getting into Europe entices them players to come to you, entices the players to stay another year that might be in bench this year. That you think, like, you know, you want to keep them coming, you want to keep them staying because Burnley's not. We've discussed this before, but Burnley's not necessarily one of them clubs that people will be happy to sit on the bench and wait for the chance for in the Premier League because 
you know, Sean Dice isn't renowned for his rotational decisions and things like that. So, you know, getting to Europe does entice these players to think, OK, I'll give it another year and bring more in. Yeah, I think I, I look back on that season um, where we finished seventh and um, and we didn't really attract... I, I don't think we did enough in the summer of that season to sort of like, like right, we are Burnley nah. now a European club. We need to be bringing in... Who did we bring in? Ben Gibson at the time. Yeah, that were a good signing. It hasn't worked out. Trying to think of other people that we brought in. Hart. Um, yeah, Hart, Hart weren't a bad shout, actually. Again, nah. it didn't work out. I, I, at the time, I thought it were a good signing. Um, so maybe I'm being a little bit harsh there when I say I don't think they did enough, but I'll stand by it in the sense that they should have been sort of like saying, right, we are Burnley. We're, we're not necessarily going to throw 100 million quid at a market. And no. I, don't, I don't think they'd have done it again, but they should have been definitely attracting some some players that could have been in the squad for quite a few years. But like you said, that this is this is going back to the sort of like original point of, would we have been able to entice or even warrant the board and say to him, listen, I want to sign this 40,000 to 60,000 pound a week goalkeeper bench for the season when, if we didn't have the European thing to fill the space, yeah. if would we have been able to get 15 million pounds for Gibson to say he might not be in the squad for a year though? You know what I mean? These, that, this isn't, that hasn't been done before and I certainly don't think it'll be done again. We won't be getting 15 million pound players that have to wait, let's put it that way. No, I'd agree with that. Um, but I, I still think, I, th- I think it's one of them now. I think this summer, everyone knows there's, there's a bit of a job that we have to do to try and solve the ageing squad. I won't say crisis. Yeah. Uh, try and solve the ageing squad issue. Uh, we need to do it this summer or start doing it this summer so it doesn't become a massive issue next summer and then we have to do a villa and, and, and rehaul the entire squad. So there is some work to be done. But I think now that we've had this decent season, I think it shows that we can... Look, can say to potential players from maybe your Brentfords in the Championship have done well. The obvious guy whose name I don't want to try and pronounce at the top of my head. I can't remember his name. I think that's what it is. Um, but but people like that as well, and and even even like the, the relegated clubs as well. Like Aki's gone to Aki's gone to City, and I'm shocked at that. I would have had him here as cover, uh, but someone like Aki ain't going to sit here for cover. Um, but he will sit at City no, that... for cover. But that's obviously the point that you're making. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and, uh, and things like Tarky and that. You know what I mean? If if these clubs above us will say, not the bigger clubs, but if these clubs above us say, like, oh, come here, you can play in Europe next year, it's so tempting for players that don't get that opportunity much, especially the Burnley 11, that probably never envisaged getting into Europe in the first place, never mind getting a second stab at it. Yeah. Um, especially, but yeah, like, like, it, it, it's mainly for me. Your talk is in your Dwight's as well. If you, if yeah. we can sit sit there and say, look, we're we're in Europe, been in Europe for the last. Uh, two out of the last three seasons, why would you want to leave to go to, to like your Newcastles or your Palaces? Yes, granted, in Newcastle's case, especially, they might be a bigger club that attract bigger crowds, but we can offer you more um, in terms of competitions and things like that. Um, but yeah, interesting points there. Uh, there was something that you did mention the other day on the phone, uh, saying that you did want to talk about. Uh, you're looking very, very confused. Uh, because I, I forget things. I haven't reminded you. You said you wanted to make a point of maybe the fans not being here has helped us. Yeah, I mean, I'm intrigued because I was saying, like that—that's your. There's your headline, by the way. That Burnley fans not being here has helped us. But the actual context of it were we were looking at a relegation battle, and we were saying this is a time where that club, like Watford, need the fans behind them. They need them screaming and shouting and giving them that extra ten percent. And I'm saying that without them, I think it's it makes the problems worse. But when you've got no fans like Burnley haven't, and we're on this momentum. And there's no moans and groans and there's no sort of negativity when it's not quite working. And then, like you said, we're going 1-0 down in some games and we're clawing it back against Liverpool. And if them fans aren't there, and and I equally mean Liverpool fans aren't there, cheering on their team who've just gone 1-0 up and they're begging for blood and saying, right, come on, let's kill them off. I I don't think that having fans has actually harmed us in any way, shape or form. I think that some part of that actually could have been a positive. I think I think because there's not been that much to play for. Yes, a lot of people will argue and say, well, obviously we did have Europe to play for, but that was never a, a target as such. The target was to stay clear of relegation, and, yeah. we, and we'd already done that. So I think I think a lot of the reason why we've done so well in the last few games is mainly because the pressure's off. Essentially, the, the pressure's off, and like you said, so, some of the some of the some of the injuries have have helped with the rotation and things, and 
Um, the Jeff Hendrick leaving the club uh, ended up being a blessing in disguise, and that's something we'll discuss in a few minutes because um, obviously Brownell's come in and done well. Um, so I think there's a few factors. I won't say it's necessarily helped. I don't know. It's one of the, I can understand what you're saying in terms of you're right there. In terms of sort of like the moans and groans, uh, the moans and groans. Um, because uh, let's put it this way. Let's put it in context. If you if you have Chris Wood do an overhead kick against Wolves, completely misses the ball. Yeah. After just doing an header that's just the easiest header he's ever, he should have ever scored, is he going to try and do an overhead kick again the week after at Norwich? Probably not. He's probably going to think, I'm not fucking doing that again. If all the fans are like on your back, it might make you think twice. I'm just saying that maybe it just makes you play a bit more free spirited, not having to worry about reactions as much. Yeah, I think I definitely agree with the free spirited thing, but I, I, I'd argue that that's come from the pressure being off with the relegation rather than the fans not being. Yeah, I think they both were. But yeah. like I said, this is what I'm saying. The fans can add that pressure back to you because they demanded a performance like the Liverpool fans would have demanded a performance against Burnley. Uh, and I'm, I'm saying it's equal. That like home fans for Liverpool not being there would have helped Burnley. Yeah, I, th- I think I think in the, in the um, games against Wolves and Liverpool away, it's definitely helped us with their fans not being there because the yeah. fans, Molyneux especially, it's a tight ground. They get on top of you. It's similar to the turf, but just bigger, better and more modern. Um, and Anfield, Anfield's exactly the same. It's just the same as Molyneux. It's tight ground, bigger, better, again, more modern. Um, so it's it's one of them. I think in them two games, yeah, but not necessarily as much at home. I don't know. Maybe because I'm a fan, I'm I trying to know, argue for at... the fans and I want the fans to make a difference in a I positive way. I want to be there and I want to be there because the fans can can equally drag a result out when you're on your arse. And what I'm saying is when this momentum's going and we were playing the way we were against Wolverhampton Wanderers, we were fucking moaning and groaning. Lydia watching it on the set east. We were going, oh, this is dog shit. This is boring. This is thing. And then we get a result out of it. I'm saying that not necessarily taking that mood in front of the players would have helped. Let's talk about The Athletic, which is a must for all football fans and has loads of brilliant Burnley content. The Athletic brings you the best coverage of football, combat sports, NFL, NBA and loads more. A world-class team of football writers, including Andy Jones, who covers the Clarets, and it's completely ad-free with no ads and no annoying pop-ups. If you're not signed up to The Athletic yet, fans of Turfcast can now get 50% off the annual subscription price and a seven-day free trial. To get the deal, head to theathletic.co.uk forward slash turfcast just a quick shout out to our sponsors uh, pitch sport if you haven't already please head to the app store or the google play store to download their app um, it's sort of like a fan hub where you can talk to fans from all different clubs and ask questions and choose your teams and predict your results um, but this week um, because also what we do on the on the pitch sport app is i record a question um, asking you, the Burnley fans, a question and asking for your opinions. Uh, and this week, we've had our best ever response. Um, I thought that would be the case when I thought of this question, to be honest. I thought it would be one of the controversial one, and that's why I did it. Um, but I asked the Pitch Sport users, um, and and I put it out on the socials as well, um, if you could choose one player to be in the side, who would you pick between Josh Brownell and Jeff Hendrick? And if you say both, you have to physically... Pick some splinters out of your arse live on the next podcast. Go. Uh, I can't say that one is better than the other. I cannot say it. But I, I'm a big fan of Jeff and what he brought to the table. Brownhill's looking incredible at the minute on, this, on the fact that he's not played that much Premier League football and he's already turning out sort of like performances that he is, including a man of match last one from on the Pitch Sport app. Um, getting the plug there. Uh, but yeah, basically, no, I, I can't. I can't. Do it for me. Yeah, I but the question again, though, the question isn't who's better. I'm not asking you to say that. I'm saying if you could have one yeah, player in that now? Burnley side against Brighton or at the start of next season, for example, would you rather have Brownell next to Hendrick? Uh, sorry, next to Wester or Hendrick next to Wester, or maybe Hendrick or Peters right, out, and then. Well, I'm just saying, yeah. in in terms of them two, you can't pick both. Who do you want? Again. If you say both, right this minute, right this minute, our, after our, another match performance, I will Mark, say who listens to the podcast can personally pick some splinters out of your arse if you say both. He love that. Um, <laughs> he'd video it. <laughs> Basically, at this minute, you cannot, and I, and I'm more intelligent as to say that Brownhill should be out over Hendrick because I would never say that. But I'm saying there's a bigger picture in this, and at this minute in time, Brownhill's doing a job, so you can't take him out. The same way you can't take any of the 11 out that's keep picking results at the minute. Yeah, well, just before we get on to the next next point that that raises, um, I I will read out some of the responses because, like I said, those of you who those of you who 
those of you who do respond on the fan time, you are guaranteed to get your response with that on the podcast. So if you sometimes respond on Facebook uh, and not on fan time, make sure you download uh, the Pitch Sport app so then you're guaranteed to have yours read out. But someone who calls himself Burnley just says Brownhill. So thank you for that, Burnley. Um, Burnley FC latest. Brownhill looks like he's a perfect replacement. He fits into the Burnley team brilliantly. So he's done a Simon Tally and avoided the question for as long as possible. Uh, Mark DH76, which I presume is our friend Mark who, who listens to the podcast, yeah, uh, says, as much as I did like Hendrick, Brownlee seems to be a younger upgrade. Um, Brownhills. I did say Brownhill, I think. Um, Mark D's put that twice. Um, thank you, though, Mark, because that helps it look like it's more popular than what it is. Um, Burnley FP, um, Josh Brownhill, as he's been quite consistent, and Jeff could be the opposite. Um, Neil Layfield, another friend of the podcast, good to see Neil in the uh, fan time responses. Haven't really seen enough of Brownhill yet, but from what I have seen, I would say Brownhill. He's more direct, he's faster, and he's more comfortable on the ball. Although, ideally, you'd have both. Hendrick should never have been allowed to run his contract down. I do agree with that last sentence, definitely. I do agree with that last Ridiculous sentence. Ridiculous business sense. Um, Chris Harris, another friend of the podcast. He comments on the on the Facebook quite a lot. Uh, out of the two, I'd choose Brownhill, as he's on lower wages and he's probably a better player. Uh, so he's brought a business side into it. However, I still think it's ridiculous that we've let Hendrick go. Yep, I'd agree with that. He was a good servant and they did what they would ask of him. We should have kept both. So a few splinters there from a few people, a few splinters, a few Simon so Townley. Shows Simon the, co- the most common response is Not No, most, the most common response was Brownhill, mate. 100%. The most common response was Brownhill. Um, but just going back to the bit where you said you can't take any 11 out then. Um, yeah. Someone messaged me on Instagram this week, and apologies if you are listening because I cannot remember your name. Um, but he said to me, "Would you put Jack Cork back in this side or Brownell?" And I'll I'll say to him, uh, I'll say to you what I said to him, which is exactly what you've just said. Like you, you can't you can't take any of this eleven out now at the minute, really. But then again, that creates another debate about Ben Mee next season. But if, for example, Corker Corker was fit against uh, Brighton miraculously. Who would you have in the side? Brown or I'd, I'd leave it. I'd leave it as it is, 100%. Yeah, I, I can't argue with that. I'd leave and it I like Cork, yeah. As a personal jet side and a football side, I like both. You know, I'm, I'm a fan of him. However, no one can argue, not even a professional footballer can argue, that they'd go mad if it was the other way around. 100%. 100%. It's, it's, what, it's going to be a tough one for Dash next season. Um so, some and Long might, as well. Long's got I'm, a right as well. I'm literally just going to say that. Some might say that Kevin Long's got a right to be in that side, but yeah. he's not going to replace the captain in the long run, is he? Having said that, Eaton did get replaced. Um, um, but it's, it's one of them. He's got a right. Ben Mee will be in the side on the first day of the season, next season, whenever that is. Um, and Jack Cork has also got a right. Um, but so has Brown and so has Kevin Long. So good headaches to have for a change. Massively, we said this before, last week about the uh, the striking f- options. I mean, how, how often have we ever argued which of the four is the better lineup? We've never had a definite favourite for the whole season. I don't think I've ever been able to do that. Um, but it's the same as the defence, like you said. We've got players that are stepping up, mate. Peters stepping up in in the Jeff Hendrick role. He's playing wherever they put him. Um, Kev Long, you know, it's it. Charlie Taylor's like the best left back that we've we've had. Probably I don't know, I'm trying to think of a better left back at the minute. But yeah. Some people might argue Ward, but I'd agree with that. I think Charlie's yeah, no, better. I than think Ward. Taylor's Yeah. Anyway, in my lifetime he's possibly the best left back. And it's easy to say that. And it always baffles me. What about Mo say, oh, yeah. He was the most entertaining, like half an aware. Him and Dean West, what 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 a pair of fullbacks they were. He couldn't take a throw in between them. <laughs> Dean West like that. <laughs> Apologies if you're listening on the podcast. I, I, was just doing, I was just doing impressions of Dean West uh, taking throw-ins. If you are listening on the podcast and you want to see my impressions of Dean West taking throw-ins, head over to youtube.com, uh, type in Turfcast Podcast, and while you're there, subscribe, because we are currently stuck on 98 subscribers and I've been begging for 100 subscribers for the past like three weeks now. Come on. I get like, honestly, we, I, we get around 300 downloads per episode now and I've got Six, seven thousand over Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Um, but yeah, only 95 subs on YouTube. So come on, guys, sort it out if you can. Let's push it. Let's push, Let's push it indeed. It. Uh, but next, I want to talk about obviously the game that's coming up next. A uh, bit of a dead rubber, other than the fact that uh, we can finish eighth. Uh, Brighton. You can, say that. Uh, Brighton 
can only go down a position. Um, but obviously, I think the main result, the main thing for us, obviously going into the game, is don't concede. Don't concede. Potential highest record points. There's two subplots for well, the Well, yeah, if you, the, don't concede, if you don't concede, you've definitely done it though, haven't you? So I think, I think yeah, if you so go into that game and just think, don't concede, then you've achieved both targets. That's all you need to do. Just just don't Perfect. concede. Because then you, you, you'll achieve the record points. You'll achieve Pope, admittedly, probably sharing the Golden Glove at this stage now, thanks to Watford, you useless set of bastards. And, um, <laughs> don't you have a Watford fan? Right. Uh, <laughs> I don't have a Watford fan that listens. There's a Watford fan that's been on it. Um, I don't mind Watford yeah. as, a, as, a, as a club and as a fan base, but they are, they are a, a useless set of bastards for not scoring against City uh, yesterday at the time. I fell out with Watford, mate. I'm mad at I mean, I mean, yeah, come on. We'll, we'll discuss Brighton in a second. I agree with that, man. No. It's a, the way that that club is run, to be fair, is a fucking shambles. I don't... And, 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 Bring back and, Elton. And, and, and I spoke to the guy, the Watford fan, the other week when we played him, and I said to him, I said, like, come on, what's all this about, mate? And he, was, and he, and he, said, he sort of like said, we feel in Nigel, we have that bit of stability. And then like, three weeks later, he's gone. Fucking hell. I used to go there in shambles. I fell out with him. I don't like the way you, you can't have a manager who's took you from the bottom to one point away from safety. Started the from the bottom, now, now we're here. Now you're sacked. All they need bottom, is one here, point. Are you playing the biggest club <laughs> that can turn over, like, bigger than Liverpool? If City can turn over someone yeah. to an embarrassing level. Yeah, 100%. And you turn, you turn out your manager and put stacking whoever it were uh, on the bench and say right get, get, have a go it's like what the fuck are you playing at uh, what were they, it it's not the first time they've done it weren't it like two seasons ago they had four managers in a season as well they do it pretty much every year don't they I think, I think it's fucking it, shambles I think they do it pretty much every year I think I think, I think, think the season you're referring to they might have had three um, but Swansea did it as well Swansea used to do it not admittedly as much as Norwich and as aggressively as Norwich um, but they used to constantly do it they're constantly looking for that new manager bounce but because you're getting into this horrible cycle of constantly sacking your managers, that new manager bounce is all you've got. So then you're always just going to keep dropping and dropping and dropping and eventually you'll fall out of the Premier League just exactly like Swansea did. What you need to do is get Sean Dyche in and have him there for six, seven years, but you had that chance and you fucked it. The most it's sort of famous new manager bounce was when Leicester sacked their manager and then the penalty, Ranieri. obviously. Yeah, brought Ranieri in and then won the league. I mean, you can't get a fucking... And who did they sack to bring Ranieri in? Pearson. Nigel fucking Pearson. There you go. Watford are going to win the league next season, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) You read it here first. Andre Gray, top goal scorer. Um, But I'll tell you what, we'll just quickly chat about um, the relegation battle then. Um, So Bournemouth can get out of it if they win and the other two lose. Um, Watford can get out of it. Again, that's not been updated, actually, the league table that I'm looking at. Um... Yeah, Watford can get out of it uh, should the results go their way. But they've got Arsenal against away at Arsenal. Yeah, they're away at Arsenal. Um, it has been up there. Who do you want to go down? See, that's what I'm going to build into. So Bournemouth can get out of it if they win and the results go their way. Watford have to win and hope that Villa don't win. Uh, Villa will stay up with a win. Um, who do I want to go down? Um, for me, Bournemouth look gone. So it's it's between. Villa and Watford, and I think just from a selfish Burnley perspective, I'd say Villa because Villa are just going to spend another 130 200 million quid again next season and just improve. Leeds are going to come up, they've already, I think, I've been told that Qatar Airways are going to pump a load of money into them, so they're going to be an absolute fucking joke next season, spending too much money. Admittedly, it doesn't always work. Look at Fulham and Villa to a lesser extent this season. Um, but yep. I think I think for a selfish point of view, a lot of money in yeah, year, didn't they? I think for a selfish point of view, Villa to go, so we can have Watford in the Premier League next season, who will probably just go next season, and then that's a that's a a position taken. Um, Leeds may or may not be in trouble next season. It depends how they do spending all the money, and then obviously we don't know who else has come up. So purely from a Burnley point of view, Norwich, Bournemouth, and Villa. I want I want Villa to survive. It's easy way to say it. It was between them and Bournemouth. Because I don't mind Eddie Howe, I think he's uh, done a decent job. It's just bought some terrible players, unfortunately, that ain't, ain't paid off. Mm. Um, but yeah, I don't. I, I kind of want Villa to stay at one because obviously I'm friends with Tom. I don't want him to be miss his chance in the Premier League with Villa because of an injury. I want him to have a chance again. Um, and then the last reason is an actual reason is because my Nana and Grandad would have looked at them league tables and gone, "Well, Leeds is only an hour away. We can go there." 
Yeah, <laughs> Villa's only two hours away. We can go there. Get Watford, Bournemouth, and Norwich gone. Perfect. Yeah, I. Just... I'd agree with that. There's going to be some good away days next season. Leeds is always yeah. a good away day. Villa is a good away day. Um, Bournemouth and Norwich are terrible away days. Mainly just, not necessarily uh, I'm sort of like shitting on their grounds or their atmosphere. Mainly just because it's too it's fucking distance, far away. It? It's just too yeah. far away. I'd, I'd, I'm not one of these fans that will go to ground and like, oh, this is a dump. What a shit all out. They go down. I, I, don't, I don't do that. I've been to some shit holes in League 2 and, and demand it. Um, yeah, but- just Norwich and Bournemouth. I love. Yeah, Norwich and Bournemouth are just. I'll tell you what's a, a, a nice ground that you that looks shit from the motorway, but when you get in it, it's actually all right. It's not the best. It's Walsall because mainly from it. It's the only one you can I, see I, from fucking motorway. <laughs> <laughs> mainly, mainly because you go in and you think, oh, it looks a bit shit this so outside, and you go in, it's actually all right. There's some decent areas for like a cameraman or media, um, and the actual stands. Um, aren't horrendous. The, the the press box itself could have done with um, some like TLC, but no, it's all right. There's, there's some ground in the lower scary? that aren't horrendous. Go on. You're scary. Most of your listeners won't have ever been to Walsall. They won't even know why, that we've ever played them. You say that, but I think the majority of our listeners are sort of like our age and above. We do, admittedly, we do have some younger listeners who probably never even heard of Walsall. It's, it's in Birmingham, guys, uh, if you are wondering. If you drive past it, is it on the M6 still or is it broken into the uh, another motorway at that point? I think it is still the M6. M6. Isn't it? Yeah, uh, you can I, see I the best got from the M6. One of your listeners coming into my shop with his Burnley fan t shirt. I'm probably hoping there was a Burnley player in at the time because some of them do that. And then he's coming, he sat there and he's talking about Burnley and he's like, Oh, have you seen so and so? I've got a rear. And I'm like, Oh, yeah, yeah, I can't remember what club we were referring to now. But he went, I said, Yeah, and he just slagged it off and went, Oh, I don't know. I thought, What's going on about here? He said, like, Oh, yeah, it's only like non league clubs have a rear. I'm like, Burnley had it 10 years ago, mate. But no, they didn't. They didn't believe me. And then I said, How old are you? He was like 20. And I thought, Oh, fair enough. He'd only been about 10. But I'd have remembered that. I remember every fucking one we've had. Uh, it's one of them, innit? I, I, I remember that. I remember um, who made our kits before I were even born, simply because me and exactly. you have got a weird thing at looking at kits, though. And, and, and I think just because we're quite big fans, maybe. But would we have known that at 20? Um, yeah, yeah I, I'd say I, I'd say I, I don't know Marta were making kits when I was ten, when I was twenty. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And then so, he, um, so that were a funny story. But yeah, Walsall's a, a ground that most of them won't remember. But I remember Paul Merson coming to turf and he put a ball down for a corner and he put it about two yards outside the quadrant. I can't believe I remembered what that would go. Uh, put it about <laughs> two yards outside it and then walked out and the fans just went mental. They were just shouting, jeering and he just turned around laughed at us and rolled it back because they were only trying to take piss out of us. <laughs> and then as soon as he did it, he started clapping us. And then I remember that as the kid, like you said, no one will remember Walsall from like under 20. No, there's some. there are some shit grounds in the lower leagues though, like Scunthorpe. It hasn't changed since we were promoted there back in the day. That needs a little Yeah, because you're in League 2, aren't you still? So you see it all. Yeah, working in League 2. Um, but yeah, what else? We, we've digressed ridiculously. Um, I like these memory lane stories, though, mate. They, and like you said, if the fan base is old as us and older, they, they'll enjoy it as well. I'm sure they remember the Paul Merson one if you sat in the lower part of the uh, East End. Yeah, get in touch if you do like our little digressions that mean absolutely nothing um, to most people apart from me and Simon. And again, if you have them memories, that might mean something to you. But let's chat about the game of the weekend then. Bit of a dead rubber, apart from the fact that I've already mentioned if we keep a clean sheet, we've achieved both our targets. But let's actually talk about the game now. Um, Brighton. Could I, be hard. I, 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 I had them for relegation at the start of this season and there were certain areas of the, of yeah, the season, too. even during the lockdown, I was looking at their, their fixtures, looking at where they were in the league table and I went on... Um, an Arsenal YouTube channel and they said to me like who do you think is going to go well they actually went who do you think is going to go down and I said I think Bournemouth will go down because because of the fixtures that they've got but I didn't like the way they got rid of Hewton and then brought in Potter and I'm still not yeah, a like huge fan of his but he's slowly started to make it work at Brighton and I think next season they might be quite decent and maybe knocking on the door of the top 12 um, top 10 potentially if he can continue to improve and implement his ideas onto the squad which I think if you look at the course of the season and how they started playing better towards the end of the season I think his ideas are coming across and uh, and, and they are playing his style and picking up results now Some of their football that they've played is actually really really good it's like such a modern way of playing it um, and it's as effective as most clubs are when they're on the, on the day let's put it that way but they've got some good players have they scored as many as they probably wanted them to for example, your more pairs and, and so far, but yeah, they're, they're a scary club, mate. And then when that's not working, Glenn Murray, you might think he's old and past it, but he's he's probably a defender's pair in arse at 75th minute when you, you've just been chasing him around all game. And then Buddy Murray comes on and starts jumping you out. 
So I, I think they've got a threat. They're definitely going to be more of a threat than Norwich, uh, even with uh, 11 men at Norwich. But I think this is the one that's going to be the test for Nick Pope. We'll see if it hopefully he can get that golden glove. Yeah, well, it's looking like he's going to have to share it, but um, I've done my research on it, and I was yeah, saying on. to you and the lads on the watch along that it'll go, it might go down to clean sheets, or that would be an educated guess. Sorry, not clean sheets, number of goals conceded, but it, it is shared, it, it is shared, and it's been shared. Yeah, glove each. Yeah, I don't know if you get, you want left well, right. you just get a trophy each, don't you? Because that's essentially well, all it is. Which you want? You just get a trophy. Um, you have two rats. You've got to have a left and a right. It's not, it's not a glove. Alison, I've, I've seen a picture of Alison holding it from last season. It's a picture of a goalkeeper making a save, or it was last season. What? Yeah, it's a trophy. It's not an actual glove. Well, what's the golden boot now? I think it. I think it is a boot. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, the picture uh, that I saw today oh. of Alison nah. was him. I'll show you. I'll find you the picture up now. So you chat some bollocks while I find this picture up, please. How about now? Why would you want a picture of, of anything? You, you want a glove? It's golden glove award. That Ballon d'Or saying, yeah, you can have a, you know, a, the letter L. Why? It makes no sense. And then, also, I still think, should it be shared? If it means that we get a part of it, then absolutely. But I do agree that your logic makes far sense. Alison, Golden Glove there. If you're watching on the watch-along, yeah. not scrolling down. If you're watching on the watch-along... You need to change that, then. It just should be called Goalkeeper of Year, isn't it? Well... Yeah, I mean, I'm just looking at some more pictures now of him that holding it aloft at the start of this yeah. season at Anfield or end of last season, whatever. There's him getting presented it by Cabaret, yeah. who sponsor it. Um, there is a picture of him with an actual golden glove, but he's wearing a Brazil top. So I think that's from the World Cup or whatever, or the Copper America. Um, but yeah, it's a trophy. Oh, mate, that's... I don't know. Like, if you see that diving thing, and I went into Nick Pope's house and I'm set up, and I've seen that that, that trophy there, I'd be like, oh, where'd you get? What's that one for, pal? Did you get that at school? Did you get that at sports day? <laughs> but if I seen a golden glove, I'm like, fucking hell, have you won golden glove, pal? No, not for me. I, I, I get it. It's one of them, isn't it? I mean, maybe it's the sponsor because the sponsors have changed. Maybe there's some um, old pictures of chocolate people glove in then. the past. I mean, gold, well, gold foil. That would be eaten, wouldn't it? Or if you put it on the mantelpiece, it'd melt. <laughs> uh, and quick, qu- quick question for you: Who holds a record alongside Peter Check for the most Golden Glove awards in the Premier League? I mean, the obvious guess would be Schmeichel, but I don't know. Schmeichel. Oh, interesting. Joe Hart. Joe oh. Hart. He's won four, and um, so has, who did I say? Petacek. Uh, he's won four, and so has Petacek. And another interesting stat is, um, where's it gone now? Where's it gone now? Is I saw... Um, but if Joe Hart will, uh, say, I don't know, because like, Joe Hart's won four. Do you reckon he still gets buzzing by that sort of, like, I, I've got four golden gloves? I would I would imagine so. It's something that you look back yeah, on with absolute pride, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but why don't so, we know about this? He should that should have been in his, the club's thing on the website. We've just signed a goalkeeper. He's got four golden gloves. Yeah, well maybe they they did when I don't read the articles to be honest. But um, yeah, here it is: most awards, Petacek and Joe Hart for most consecutive wins or so seasons in a row. Joe Hart and go on, Pepe Reina. There you go. Pepe. Fuck! I should have left all that for quiz next week. Interestingly, when did Pepe Reina win it? Um, I'll have a look for you. Because uh, I, I was shocked, actually, because when uh, you think of Pepe Reina, it was just like a... I Guess know, why it's norm- not Peter Schmeichel? Why? Because it didn't start it till 2004, 2005. Right. So Peter Schmeichel probably would have it if it's been done since 1992. Um, but yeah, you're asking me about Pepe Reina. What was the question again, sorry? When did he win it? When did he win it for the first time? Two thousand and five, two thousand and six. Um, then he, then that's when he won it for three seasons in a row, all with Liverpool. Then Edwin Van der Sar won one. Then Petr Cech won one. Then Joe Hart, Joe Hart, Joe Hart, Petr Cech, Wojciech Szczesny, Joe Hart, Petr Cech, Courtois, David de Gea, and Allison. I mean, I'm looking at this, and I'm be. I've that's a serious list of goalkeepers. It is. And Nick Pope's going to be alongside them all. Hopefully, hopefully. 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 Jinx, that's one. 
Um, having said that, I'm reading all this, and it's off the Premier League official website, so it's legit. Um, so I've, I've been asked a few quiz questions recently. Who was the last person outside a top six club to win the Golden Glove? And it's always every time I say Brad oh, Friedel, it's always Brad. Fr- yeah, but obviously, if it's not been if it's not been going since 2004, uh, so if it's only been going since 2004, 2005, and his name isn't on that list, when did he win it? How did he win it? Did he win it? Is it a previous? Previous, yeah, there must like have been award. an old name for it. Yeah, maybe potentially. Um, Clean sheet award. Clean sheet award. Pitch, yeah. Where you got a golden glove as an award. Um, but we've digressed again. Um, we've pretty much done Brighton though. Now, apart from predictions, what are you gonna predict? I'm gonna go one nil. Burnley and it's going to be a late goal uh, not like late as in that 89th minute but I mean it won't be I think we'll be holding the nerves that we're getting us for a while before that goal comes anyway uh, yeah that's uh, fair enough that seems legit I'm going to go 4-0 Brighton no obviously not um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm either going to go 0-0 nil, nil, but I don't want to sit on the fence I think I think the the, 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 the aim is to not concede so I yeah. think there will be well, set Chris up. Wood said it didn't he yeah they'll be set up not necessarily set up tactically but set up mentally um, to not concede so they might ball. yeah so they might just naturally sit back so that's why I necessarily agree with what you're saying that's why I think yeah we could necessarily nick a goal um, but I know I think I'm not, I'll, I'll retract the word I know and I'm going to use the word I think because I don't want anybody to come in and go you, you, you. but I believe that um, Brighton are not the best at set pieces. So I'm going to go 2-0 Burnley, two set pieces, two Westy corners, Torquay header, and maybe a Nick Polk last minute. Imagine if Nick Polk came up last minute, darted header in. Obviously, he's not going to do that if he's trying to keep a clean sheet. If he, he balls. Could, <laughs> if, he, if he could score on the day he wins the Golden Glove, that would be absolutely insane. But I'm going to go 2-0 to the Carrots, up the Carrots. It's going to be a perfect game. It's going to be a penalty. Nick Pope's going to step up, save oh, God, it, counter-attack, goal. Now, that's, that's more realistic. A last-minute penalty save from Niall, Neil, how you pronounce it, Maupay. It's going top bins. Nick just goes, no, that's my golden glove. And then he checks the results at full time. Norwich cries. should won 4-0 <laughs> against Man City. Then he cries. And not Burnley fans then he does a come, speech in front of an empty turf. Yeah, they're not Burnley fans come running from their house. They're all down to turf, dive on him, pile on. Um, but yeah. I've digressed again, but I think that's pretty much it. Um, we've done, we've got forty five minutes out of that, mate. Considering that um, at, at first there was children sitting on your knee, uh, so apologies if you are oh. watching this on on YouTube. You might see some dodgy cuts because I can't just put the random music in the middle of that bit. Um, so you might see some dodgy cuts, but that's why. And if you're listening on the podcast and you're like, "Well, I've not heard anything," that's because on audio I'm perfect at it, um, but video is a bit more difficult. So sorry. <laughs> Uh, but we are doing a watch along this week, actually. I just want to say we are doing yeah, a watch along. Yeah, text message there or something. No, no, no. Are we going to wrap up? Are we going to wrap up? Um, but I've just remembered we're doing the watch along. So we're doing the watch along on Sunday. The game starts at what time? Is it three? Is it four? Let's just have a look on the BBC website. Uh, the game against Brighton on Sunday starts at four o'clock. There you go. It starts at four o'clock. So the watch along will be live around 10 to four. Uh, Simon Townley, are you available? Should be, yeah. Don't say why that. I can't, can't think of anything that's got planned, but I'll let you know near the time. There you go. You're on record now, mate, and this is going to be out tonight. So if people know, uh, people tune into the watch along and just see me there and I'm alone. So they're going to be like, well, Sam is letting him down. He said yes the other day. And they will get a bit this of an is, insight so into this has my come life out. as a Turfcast host. Last question for you then. Go on. This has come out. I want you to predict, tell me so the fans can listen to this. Did Wigan survive? Did Wigan survive? Yeah. What do you mean? Why, why Wigan? Have you not heard the deep drama today? Forget that one then. I'll fill you in on that. Uh, who went up? Who went up? Just tonight. Oh, it does, doesn't it? Uh, baggies. They've got QPR at home. They'll beat Baggies. Uh, they'll beat QPR. Um, and then who, who, who sneaks in playoffs? Anyway. Who sneaks in the playoffs? Um, I'm not Swansea sure. Swansea can make it. Sure. Let's just have a quick look at the league table then because... Um, I need to have a look at uh, the league table that he's playing. So Swansea can sneak into it. That's it. Uh, oh, it's Swansea or Cardiff, man. Imagine if Swansea get in there instead of Cardiff. So Cardiff have got Hull City at home. That's a win. Forest have got Stoke City at home. That's a win. Unlucky Swansea are going to miss out. Cardiff and Forest will get in there. Fair enough. No worries. I see. Right, Wigan then. Fill me in. 
in fact, um, don't fill me in. I've wrapped up. We're wrapping up. That's, no one wants a lot and all that fecking wigging on, on Turfcast podcast. Uh, but that's it from me. If you don't already, please follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, and especially YouTube. If you haven't subscribed already, please go and do. I know a lot of you do already, uh, so thank you for that. But we are just a few people away from the 100 subscribers. Uh, and I haven't told Simon this yet, but I have also told people um, that it, when we do get 100 subscribers, me and Simon will do like a live feed, uh, a live Q&A maybe, or a live watch along of, of an old game where you watch us questions or whatever. Um, who knows? Uh, but Simon knows now anyway. Um, so there you go. Uh, but thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. No thank you for downloading. And thank you to you, uh, Mr. Townley, for coming on. Thank you very much. And we will see you on Sunday for the watch along and the podcast. We'll be back. Might not be next Thursday, but it will be back at some point next week because we're going to do a season review. Thank you, and we'll see you then. Bye-bye. Podcast Network. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates have already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Automate delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.